Today we'll be talking about fuel cell energy, uh, ticker symbol FCEL. Fuel cell is an electrochemical cell that converts the chemical energy of a fuel into electricity. This company, Fuel Cell Energy, primary operates in the United States, South Korea, England, Germany, and Switzerland. So they are a global company. In 2007, they expanded globally through partnerships targeting the markets in Southeast Asia, particularly South Korea. Then in 2012, the company's European facility was established with the German-based fuel cell energy solution, uh, GmbH. And then in 2017, they established a joint venture with Toyota to, build, to develop a facility at Long Beach, California. The major product for fuel cell energy is to design, manufacture, operate, and service something they call the direct fuel cell power plants that run on natural gas and biogas. And they operate over 59 plants all over the world. They have their power plants called SureSource that delivers ultra clean distributed power efficiently and economically. Based on the megawatts, of the clean and affordable power they can generate. They have, for example, a 1.4 megawatt power plant that they call SureSource 1500. They also have SureSource 3000, which is comprised of two 1.4 megawatt modules that generate 2.8 megawatts. And they have SureSource 4000 that generates 3.7 megawatt of highly efficient ultra clean power. I think the most interesting, the power plant is the 2.35 megawatt SureSource hydrogen plants. In a standard configuration of fuel, such as clean natural gas or renewable biogas, is reformed inside the fuel cell into hydrogen, which then electrochemically reacts with air to generate power and heat. SureSource hydrogen power plants is configured to produce additional hydrogen beyond what is needed for the power production. This generates a stream of hydrogen that's suitable for transportation, such as the hydrogen fueling stations for vehicles or industrial applications, such as metal heat treating, glass manufacturing, and material handling. The main goal of this company is to deliver clean and affordable fuel cell solutions for supply, storage of energy, and recovery. For supply, the power plants can produce multiple value streams such as ultra clean electricity, usable heat, high purity hydrogen, which again is the hydrogen produced that is usable beyond the power production. For the second pillar, which is the storage of energy, this is under the support from the U.S. Department of Energy, and they are in the development stage on trying to make it feasible to store hydrogen and other energy forms for a longer duration. Finally, for the recovery element, Element. They are working on carbon capture with ExxonMobil, which is still in its very early stage of uh, development. Now, since Joe Biden decided to spend about $2 trillion on fighting climate change, so clean energy, this company caught the eyes of the investors for the use of hydrogen as a fuel for transportation and other energy requirements replacing fossil fuels. And this stock was hyped to the valuation up to $10 billion at one point, with, with the stock price going up to about $27. But it has cooled down and the market cap right now is about approximately $3 billion, where the stock price is around $8 to $9 as of uh, today. I did find two companies I thought were the main competitors. One of them was Plug Power, which is also working on these fuel cell systems. That's mainly for EV charging and things like that. But they also 
are working on the fuel cell technology like fuel cell. And second one was Bloom Energy Corporation. This is the most similar company I found to fuel cell. For plug power, the institution hold is about 50%, while Bloom Energy is about 60% and fuel cell is 37%, which I don't think is bad for fuel cell itself. Going on to the partnerships that fuel cell has, one of them is with Fraunhofer, which is Europe's largest application-oriented organization. And with the partnership, Fuel Cell is going to be provided with research and development capabilities. And it will also give Fuel Cell relationships with the Europe power generation industry and the Europe governments and regulatory bodies from Europe. Another partnership they have is with Clearway Energy. Clearway is one of the country's largest power generator and retail electricity businesses. And with this partnership, Clearway will market the fuel cell power plant that fuel cell makes to its customers in the co-agreement. And another partnership that they have is with ExxonMobil. And ExxonMobil recently announced that they are going to be creating a new business called ExxonMobil Low Carbons. And that new company is collaborating with fuel cell and global thermostat to capture carbon dioxide from the air. And fuel cell is also working on applications that gas fire plants to remove carbon dioxide from them along with ExxonMobil as per the partnership. And, and they have another partnership with Orient Energy Partners. This is an eight-year-long partnership with Orient Energy and in this partnership, Fuel Cell receives a 200 million strategic corporate loan facility so they can basically take that money whenever they need it. And 120 million of that 200 million will be available to fuel cell in the first 18 months to invest in strategic growth. And so they provide the capital to fuel cell in the first 18 months for 120 million. And the rest 80 billion is towards future growth and increasing fuel cells, unrestricted cash balance and funding outstanding dividends for series B preferred shareholders. So those are all the main partnerships that fuel cell has right now. First off, the company's net loss has skyrocketed compared to last year's quarterly earnings. Um, that's the thing here on the right. The net loss to common stockholders has increased by 26%. Net loss in general has increased by 28%. Loss from operations has increased by a significant 115%. So they are having slowing sales rates as well as higher costs associated with these sales rates. And last but not least, EBITDA has decreased by a staggering factor of 3.42. So their EBITDA earnings have decreased by over 70%, meaning that their operational efficiency has plummeted compared to last year. Now, if you look over to the right, uh, their earnings too have been plummeting since 2018. Every year, their negative earnings keep increasing. In 2018, they had a revenue of about 90 million US dollars. With this, they had earnings of negative 47 million. The next year, they had about 61 million USD in revenue, 32% lower than the year before. And with this, they had an even greater negative earnings of negative 77.6 million US dollars. Their negative earnings have increased by over 60%, whilst that revenue has plummeted by over 30. And then you have the year of 2020, where they had revenue of about 71 million USD. That would be 20% lower than that of two years prior, with earnings of negative 89 million USD. Again, they have increased their negative earnings amount by a staggering 88% whilst losing over 20% of their revenue. They've also consistently been missing earnings projections. Only last year did they uh, come close to hitting one. Secondly, their valuation
valuation does not look sustainable. Fuel cell stock sells at a price to sales ratio of around 46, which normally with growth companies would be okay if the company is expecting a drastic growth in sales. Even when factoring in sales growth, this valuation still looks extreme. Unlike some of the growth stocks out there growing their sales by 50 or 100% every year, a fuel cell's sales are only expected to climb from 70.4 million in fiscal year 2020 uh, to 87.7 million in fiscal year 2021. Now, to name even more negative aspects of the company, you have the risk of a further dilution in the future since the company has, has been burning a significant amount of money in recent months. At the end of Q2, the company's liquidity stood at 171.2 million, down from 192.1 million in late October. Uh, the company is already expected to be unprofitable this fiscal year, so there's a high chance that management will execute another secondary offering to improve its liquidity position while the stock price is still relatively high. If that happens to be the case, then average shareholders will be hurt the most as their holdings will be worth even less than before. I've also analyzed the competitors Noodle mentioned to uh, compare them to fuel cell. One that stood out was Bloom Energy. Financially, they've consistently upped their annual revenue and their earnings seem to be slowly turning positive, which can't be said about either F-Cell nor Plug. Their price to research ratio is also literally 10 times smaller than that of Plug and F-Cell. And that isn't because they have a small market cap. Their market cap is around 5 billion compared to the 3 billion market cap of Fuel Cell and the 18 billion market cap of Plug. Bloom just spends a lot more on research and development than its competitors, namely 83,593,000 US dollars. So uh, that's 2.5 times more than Plug's research and development costs and, and a staggering 11.5 times more than what Fuel Cell spends on their R&D. So it seems like Bloom is looking like a far more sound investment than F-Cell or Plug. The only downside to Bloom that I can find in their financials is that they have a very high amount of liabilities, making their price-to-book ratio 33.5 compared to the 15.3 of F-Cell and the 12.3 PB ratio of Plug. So overall, I do think the stock is overvalued. The story just won't really start to play out until three to five years from now. But for now, shares have moved up far too fast, in my opinion. Okay, so one of the things I look at in a company, especially like fuel cell, is history and going back five years on their financials. And Tiago talked about liquidity a little bit. So when I think about liquidity, do they have enough cash to fund their operations? And where does that cash come from? In the case of fuel cell, the principal source of cash has been the sales of common stock through offerings and third-party debt. It's not coming from operations. In December of 2020, they had an offering that closed for 25 million shares. The net proceeds were 156.4 million, okay, which sounds like a lot. But what they used those proceeds for was pay off a loan to Orion Credit for $87.3 million. And then they distinguished some preferred shares that are out there for $21.5 million. So that left fuel cell with $47.5 million, which was included in unrestricted cash. So as of April 30th of 2021, they had $139.1 million in, in non-restricted cash and cash equivalents available for operations. They should be able to last for 12 months. So they have about a year, according to them, cash to run the operations. And as Tiago said, they're not making any money on operations at this point. Uh, their net income as of 2020 
20 of 1031.20, 20 was negative 92 million. So that's not a good sign. So at the current rate, cash burn, fuel cell will most likely as have to access capital market in either an offering or more debt. So that isn't very promising for the future, in my opinion, for this company at this point. The other thing I look at is, is dilution. And, and let's look at the number of shares that are outstanding over the last five years. In 2016, there were 2.4 million shares available uh, on this company. Uh, in 2018, there were 6.9 million shares. 2019, 55 million shares. 2020, 222 million shares. And as, as of April of Q1, 323 million shares. So as a shareholder, I wouldn't be very happy if I was a shareholder in 2016, knowing that my shares got diluted from 2.4 million shares to 323 million shares. And it looks like they're going to have to do it again indefinitely in the future, unless they can turn their, their losses around. So in 2020, they, they showed a loss of 92 million, 47 cents a share. But had they not increased their shareholders, that loss would have been about $1.67. So you can see that by diluting the shares and increasing the number of shareholders, you can reduce the loss per share. When we look at revenue for the last five years, they have three sources of revenue, product sales, which was zero in 2020, according to their filings, service agreements and licensing, which decreased from 2019, and advanced technology uh, contracts, uh, which actually went up 6 million from 2019. So over the last five years, the average revenue per year was 84.9 million. If you take the five years, add them up, divide them by five. In 2019, the revenue was 60.7 million. In 2020, 70.8 million. So there's really no history of revenue growth over the last five years. When we look at profit growth or net losses, growing net loss in 2018, the net loss is 47.3 million loss. 2020 was 89.1 million. The net loss is growing. Free cash flow in 2019 was negative 30.5 million. 2020 is negative 36.7 million. So the cash flow is going the wrong direction. And then let's just look at the, you know, the short term, the three months ending in April that they just came out with. The revenues in the three months uh, prior in 2020, 18.8 million. Uh, in 2020, 2021, 13.9 million, down 26%. The cost of revenue in 2020 was 18.7 million. And in 2021, 18.7 million. So they were equal. So the revenue went down, but cost uh, remained the same. So that gets you a good net loss. You know, in 2020, it was 14.7 million for the first three months. In 2020, 14.7 million. 2021, 18.9 million loss. And the gross profit was negative 4.7 million. Basically, the financials, as I see it, are, is, are not good. Going down my final comments, they have declining revenue growth. The cost of revenue is not changing. It's remaining the same. Net losses are growing. No gross profit. Uh, companies burning cash. You know, it has 139 million in cash and cash equivalents. They have 40 job openings, so they're looking to hire. So that's going to increase costs. And they estimate that this 1.39 million will last about 12 months. So they're going to further need to dilute shareholder value by offerings or going further into debt through some credit arrangement. As of uh, 4.30.21, when we talk about shareholder dilution, they have about 3.8 million total potential dilutive securities, warrants, options, RSUs, convertible preferred stock out there that can be optioned off. So just be aware of that. Short interest is 14.5%. That's probably not going to be enough to trigger, you know, a squeeze on the company. With that being said, as always, you know, do your own due diligence. You can see something by due diligence that sparks your interest or possibly a chance to to see this company grow, by all means, you know, go for it. For me personally, I don't see that in the near future, this is a good value play for me. I think they're going to have to dilute their shareholders again. And I don't see any profitability coming out of this company in the next four to five years, and unless something drastically changes. So unless you're a swing trader and you want to try that, I, I certainly wouldn't be in this company.